Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. Someone rang me up and said, oh, I need my kitchen organised. Can I just book you in for an hour? And I didn't laugh at the time, but when I got off the phone, I did. (laughs) Maybe you should have been a doctor. You're kind of smart enough. Oh, thanks, Bonnie. That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Now back to pretty things. Um... (laughs) Hello and welcome. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the new Netflix show, Get Organised with the Home Edit. Oh! (laughs) We'll chat about the Home Edit method, our favourite tips from the show, and what you need to consider when using this method of organising. But first, before we get into today's episode, which I am so very pumped about, we have a... I couldn't tell. <laughs> we have an exciting announcement, something that's been in the works for a couple of months now, and you've heard us mention it on our last few episodes, but it is official, The Essentials Guide, our first online course, is up and running. Woohoo! So if you'd like to check it out, please head to the website, littlehomeorganised.com.au forward slash The Essentials Guide, and it is the only guide you'll need to organise every space in your home. I say it so much better than you. I know you do. (laughs) (laughs) I looked at you like for approval. I was like, did I get it? Did I I nail it? (laughs) Not at all, but that's okay. (laughs) But we're really excited about it because it's a super practical guide to help you get on top of your stuff at home. And if you're feeling motivated and ready and you're just wanting all the tools to get it done right the first time, then, you know, this guide is for you. So go ahead and check it out. But we're talking about the home edit today and like... Yes, I'm so excited. I know you are so excited. And it's really funny because I think every organising podcast in the world is talking about the home edit at the moment. And um, yeah, we are doing the same. Oh, like when you think about the way that I like to think about the home edit um, is let's say like you're really into gardening you might sit back at home and watch a show like Better Homes and Gardens and you look at all the beauty and they go and create beautiful gardens or they go to special places and say, oh, look at this garden that this person's created and you, you know, you ooh and you are over it and just think, oh, isn't that amazing? I, it's not necessarily the case that you're going to have a garden that's that exquisite in your home, but you yeah. appreciate it. It's like a showcase of some of the most the unique potential. or interesting gardens. And yeah. I think the home edit is like a showcase of what some homes could look like with organising, but it's not necessarily what the average home looks Yes, like. that's right. And the big thing that we and I talk about, of course, Bon, is Pinterest perfect pantries and mm. things like that and how we're not Pinterest perfect. And um, the home edit is exactly that. It is the Pinterest yep. perfect. And yep. for anyone who's obsessed with organising, it's kind of that, you know, the pinnacle, the ideal of, oh, you know, this can bring beauty and function into my house and a huge emphasis is on the beauty side of it. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it so appealing for a lot of people, especially the rainbow colours. We love a good rainbow. Like, let's face it, it just makes our heart sing. I don't know what it is, but it's like so orderly, so nice. Like, you know, a while ago, a bunch of um, memes and stuff went around that were basically like perfectly organised pictures and – It was like, you know, if this makes you happy, click like or something. And it was things that were perfectly lined up. Everything was the same length or, you know, all the potatoes were stacked exactly perfectly. Oh, when one item perfectly fits into another item it's not designed for and it just like lines up beautifully. Yes, and you just think like, 
Mm. Yeah, it does. It makes your heart sing. It does. It's, yeah, I know it's a bit sad. Anyway, so, there's there's <laughs> tons of stuff we have to talk about, and, mm. and I'm so disappointed at the the time limit that we have because I could talk about it for hours, yeah. and we'll get into some of the um, really good tips at the end of today's episode that we've like identified throughout the show. But I think first things first for anyone who hasn't seen the show, or even if you have and you just like love it and are lapping up all information about the show at the moment, like my con self. Um, <laughs> the four main principles that the home edit uses. So they use edit categorize, contain, and maintain. And that's like their four-step system for organizing. Mm. And so if you're not someone who's watched it or you're not planning on watching it, because like sidebar here, in the organizing world, especially online, there are polar opposites. Mm. People are really divided. Like there are some organizers who are like, I'm never watching that show. It's rubbish. And then there are other people who are like, yeah, I absolutely love it. And then there's people like me who sit in the middle and I think – I like to learn as much as I can and bring as much experience to my clients as I can. And if a client comes up to me and says, oh, I've been watching the Home Edit show and I'd like to do something like that and you go, oh, well, I haven't seen it, I kind of feel like there's a missed opportunity then because... And also you, I think as a client, you would be expecting that the person that you're bringing on board as a professional organiser has knowledge of all the different areas of their field, whether they practice it or not. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of your duty almost. It's a bit like if you you were an expert in say mental health disorders you would want to know all the current research and all the current goings on in the world about it so why not the same for organizing even if it's not the way you like to organize yeah or if you're like a nutritionist and knowing all the up you know weird diet fads yeah oh, so that yeah. when someone comes in and they're talking to you about the diet that they're on you've got the a, air diet. even though you know <laughs> the seafood diet <laughs> Ooh, my <yum>. favorite <laughs> i could do that one <laughs> seafood needed <laughs> That's what I meant. I don't actually like seafood. Ah, that's um, awesome. But, you know, you want to have that knowledge for your clients. So going back to like the, the four core steps that mm. they do. So like number one is edit and that's just a fancy term for declutter. Yeah. I think they kind of skip over this part a little bit in the show because um, it can often be the part that actually takes the longest and because their focus on the show is very much about the end result and how it looks, I think the edit part probably – it probably takes just as long as it does everywhere else, but it doesn't necessarily get as much of a centre stage as kind of the the result of what they're doing. Yeah, and like it is a show, so it is like it. Oh, it's all about entertainment. Yeah, so it's going to highlight the the bits that that are the most fun, and the bits that are probably the most challenging is the editing process. Mm. And I think I'm just going to quickly jump back a step and just kind of um, give a bit more background to the show for those of you who haven't seen it. Basically, it's a team. Their names are Clear and. Joanna. Joanna. And they are a duo and they have a team of staff who work with them mm. and they go into people's houses and help them organise. And the, the premise of the show is each episode they organise a space for a celebrity and for um, the everyday person as well. Yeah, so they have two jobs basically every episode. And what's interesting now going back to the term edit is when they go in to do the declutter, this is actually like an episode specifically where they have a fashion designer and so her thing is having every fashion yes. that she's created mm. in her um, wardrobe or her closet and <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't um, that client really struggles to declutter yeah and say goodbye to anything yeah. and that's actually you know that's something that is not overly uncommon but it's a little bit different when they're going through a celebrity space and how they seem to work with them compared to the everyday person I feel like they're almost more comfortable to challenge the everyday person yes well I think there's probably a bit of a power difference yeah with a celebrity you don't want to tick them off because they could probably destroy oh. you yeah 
<laughs> I will ruin you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like. Uh, I, if I was in, you know, like for, they have an episode with one of the Kardashians, like if I was in her house and I was like, do you really need these 10 vehicles yeah. for your child that can't even use them yet? Like she'd be like, <laughs> excuse me, who are you? So, yeah, yeah, exactly, which is probably why they're on the show and we are not. <laughs> <laughs> so the first step is editing and like I, don't, I do feel like they don't dive into it, like you said, enough in the show, but mm. that is the biggest and I feel like the most important step in organization process is doing a proper declutter the one thing that I do like is that they seem to pull everything out jump Mm. and then they jump into the next part which is categorizing yeah and the categorizing part is just really simply putting like with like so it's creating zones it's about saying okay all the jewelry goes together all the makeup goes together all the handbags go together so it's a really simple step of the process and we talked about this a few episodes ago with the selling selling your home one without an agent episode where my husband, I told that story, he got stuck and he got stuck because he couldn't categorise. He just was looking at this pile of stuff and it was when I came in and said, okay, well, these are the different categories. Let's put it into those four categories that he was like, oh, yeah, okay, I can do this. I can go forward. And like, yeah, because you can get really overwhelmed, right, with the whole idea of the whole process. But in that mm. moment, you literally don't think about where this stuff's going to go. Just put like yeah. with like. Yeah, it is really that simple. And I do like that they go into that and you do see that process throughout um, the episodes. And then they go into the biggest part that everybody kind of knows the home edit for and what, you know, makes people tune, tune product. in. And the, the product contained. <laughs> they get really excited about it too, don't they? They do. And I, I've – because I've watched a lot of behind the scenes stuff because, again, I've got a problem. Um, <laughs> they, they, I think they united with um, a big store in the States. I think it's called the Container Store and mm. they actually created a line of product mm. that's um, – that, they as organisers kind of realised was missing from the industry and so I think that's also why they get very excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean pretty cool but this is the stuff that I think it it gets divisive when we talk about the product because, man, it's like gorgeous and beautiful and you can put a lot of things in boxes within boxes within boxes kind of thing, containers within containers but there's questions around how much do you need to micro group? Yes. And also it's a – heck of a lot of plastic. It is. And so, I mean, we'll talk about the considerations a little bit later in the episode, but one of the things that's come up a lot in a lot of the organiser industry groups that I'm in is the whole thing where people ring you up and say, oh, can you come and organise my house like the home edit? And yeah, it's only going to cost me this amount of money. And they don't actually stop and think that they're going to have to spend, you know, a couple of thousand dollars on containers because that's realistically when you look at each of those organising spaces that they've done on the home edit, that you're kind of looking at hundreds to thousands of dollars in product. And look, it's a once-off investment. Like you shouldn't be investing that much money into containers every year, every six months. Oh, like no way. It, it's stuff that should last you almost a lifetime. So it is worthwhile doing it if it's right. Yeah. And the important thing that they're doing with the containers is the idea of creating those smaller zones and keeping like like with like and things together and keeping things in a functional way so that when you use it every day, it keeps together, it's easy to take out, put back, know where things go. Like the whole idea of containing is actually an important principle of organising. Oh, it definitely is. Like especially when you look at say an open linen shelf and you've just got these towered piles of linen that kind of keep falling over. If you can divide it up and do a bunch of containers, especially when they're clear and they're see-through, 
it's so much easier to to stack things, to see what you've got, to keep it neat and tidy. And I have to admit there's times where I'm a bit lazy and I and I have clients who I know who are probably similar to me and baskets and containers, especially if they're not see-through, they give you the freedom to be lazy if you need to and just mm. shove stuff in. Chuck it in. Because yep. then at least it's contained. That's it. It's like it's in its designated spot where you still know this is where that item goes. I know where to go for it. Yeah, and if you back. if you want to spend the extra time on making it, you know, vertical fold and it fits perfectly and looks pretty, then great, you can do it. But if you don't have time for whatever reason, at least it's still in the right spot mm. and it's not overflowing into someone some other boundary or some other category and mm. creating a bit of a, you know, a mess. Absolutely. It's still reasonably organized. And then the fourth part that they do is the maintain stage and like that actually is referring to the systems that you set up to be able to keep on top of it all and the big part of that is labeling and oh mm, they're now, labels now I'm oh. dreaming of label makers oh they're so pretty they and like being a you know an ex teacher i am all for picture word labels because mm. they're so good for kids that picture and word association yeah and some of their labels are just lovely and the fact that um, is it clear whose handwriting yeah. she's made into a label? Like, oh, man, my handwriting, handwriting is just oh, not no. that nice. No. Do you remember that mum had me and my teachers in like grade one had me use like a pencil grip because I couldn't hold a pencil properly? Oh, really? Yeah, I still can't. Really? It didn't work. The pencil pencil grips failed me. Oh, no. And so I have terrible handwriting where it looks like I'm scrawling with like the opposite hand, but that's just how I Maybe write. Maybe you should have been a doctor. Maybe. Mm. Something You're kind of smart about. enough. Oh, thanks, Bonnie. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> now back to pretty things. Um, <laughs> so like another big thing that the home edit is all about is they love rainbow colours and mm. the idea of categorising visually with colour. Yes, they're very visual in everything they do and that's why they like clear, matching, stackable containers where you can see things and they just love a good colour wave. And I have to admit there's – Times where I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't know if the color wave's the right thing to do, but <laughs> little secret. Um, <laughs> so recently we went to this kind of farm stay place. Oh, what have you done? Yeah. I, oh, you're, you cannot help <laughs> I yourself. I cannot help myself. <laughs> I haven't even told them. I don't know if they'd notice. Anyway, um, we stayed in this awesome little farm stay and it was like a two bedroom cottage and they had this massive bookshelf and it had DVDs and um, reading books and like uh, non-fiction books and kids stuff and like I was looking for DVDs for the kids and everything was just all over the place and I was like I can't handle this I cannot find anything and so I pulled it all out and I've reorganized it and because I had been watching the home edit I was like I'm going to give this rainbow thing a go because I don't normally do it yeah yep. anyway so I had kind of categorized like all the you know thrillers and the action books all together and then I'd put all like the romantic novels and you know the girly books and all that kind of stuff all together and then I was like oh stuff this I'm gonna do this color thing and like it looks kind of cool it, re- it really did look really cool yeah I definitely think there is a place for it mm. and there is a place not for it yeah so like any categorization system it is just a system that you can use or not use it's an option 
Um, I think the important message of what you're saying though is that you need to work on your boundaries. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, actually I, I would do the same thing. I honestly. just see it as they're, they're getting the benefit of my expertise and skills without the cost. Oh, so. see, yeah, there you go. But you also highlighted there that you generally in your organising don't use this colour system. So no. I think there's a place for it potentially with young children because mm. they are visual and they know that the Thomas the Tank Engine book is likely to be blue yes. and like that makes sense. But then it gets to a point I think where categorizing um it's important to either you know do it in um alphabetical order or like for me I personally like to do books in height order yeah so do I that's visually pleasing to me me otherwise the up and down and up and down of books I know I know it just kind of makes me a bit heebie-jeebie the other thing I was actually thinking about this with my wardrobe is I'm such a minimalist that even if I was to do the colour wave thing, because I've tried it a little bit here and there. be all black because you're emo? Oh, <laughs> boo. I'll have you know my emo phase was like 15 years ago. <laughs> we all had an emo phase, yeah, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. <laughs> Simple plan and all that. <laughs> Simple plan. <laughs> I love it. No, I've actually moved away from black. Navy is my new staple. <clears throat> um, anywho. Even if I look at, say, my blue section of my wardrobe, there's probably only six or eight items in there and they're a mix of short sleeve T-shirts, long sleeve shirts, shorts and jeans. So, like, it's not – it like, yeah, cool, it's all the blue stuff together, but it's like what are your jeans doing with your T-shirts and your jackets all in one spot? It just – it, it doesn't work for me. And also I know you can do like a rainbow with pastels, but pastels are very on trend at the moment, oh. at least to my knowledge, they are, unless I'm really someone outdated. T- someone tell my skin that, okay? <laughs> I know. Just uh, they do not look good on No, it's like they wash you out, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, again, like you could do a rainbow with those kind of colours, but also their look is for a very specific bright wardrobe look. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it, it, it does work. It is a system, but, you know, it's just worth figuring out whether it works for you or not. And, in fact, I actually have um, just reorganised my bookshelf and taken a before and after photo of how I like to normally organise it and then I've done a rainbow. We'll throw it up into the community group on Facebook Ooh. and um, see what people think. So go to facebook.com forward slash little home organised community if you want to check that out. Now, before we jump into our clutter confession, can we discuss the reality of what organisers do versus what the show shows? Yeah, absolutely. Because we've already mentioned that it's all about the entertainment side of things and it doesn't necessarily reflect every part of the process. So there are basically two types of organisers. There are those that do it for them, which is basically what you're seeing with the home edit. That that's a team of people coming in and do it, doing it for the client. They're not really hands on. They're not really as involved in the process. And then you've got the organisers who teach, and these are the organisers who work side by side with you. They teach you why we're making these decisions of putting this here and putting that there. They help you with the decision making of what you want to keep, what you want to let go of. Um, you know, talk through the psychology about why you might be holding on to stuff or whatever. And then they'll teach you skills and strategies to maintain it because maintenance is actually the most important part. And I guess it depends on you and your specific circumstances as to which organiser is a better fit for you. I think the teachability sounds awesome because it actually sounds like you'd have better outcomes long-term of people maintaining their spaces. Yes. And at Little Miss Organised, we're actually all about the teaching. We don't really like to do the doing it for people. Um, It kind of makes me feel like I'm just the hired help when we do that and we are really passionate about... You want to help them with the growth. We're really passionate about empowering people to be able to do it um, without us because we don't want to come back, have to come back once a month for the rest of your life because that's a huge expense for you and 
most people can be taught it. Yeah. You know, they, they can be taught the skills of how to maintain it. And then if we just need to go back every couple of years to do a, a freshen up or a tidy up, then then that's success in our minds. So, Yeah, you're trying to upskill people yeah, and it, help them it, to be able to do it themselves. I don't know if it's because of my teaching background or whatnot, but, I'm, yeah, I'm really passionate about helping people learn and, yeah, developing their skills in that area. And a lot of what you see on the show is it's like minimal discussion at the start, but they do ask a lot of questions to figure out the function of the space. So they do like cover a lot of the important stuff like that, but mm. then they, the client disappears yeah. and um, they kind of do it all for them. And it's beautiful and it's grand and everything, um, but they are missing the process of, you know, this is how we completely edit and make decisions. This it's, is how, Yeah, you know, it's kind of like they miss that step of doing the hard work. And so, quiet. Yes. Mm. And so it's almost like when they come back, do they actually stop and appreciate how difficult it was to get it to looking that pretty? And are they going to value it more because they've done those hard yards of making decisions, of letting go things and, and that whole process? So it's a bit like, I mean, I've had plenty of people say to me, I just wish I could light a match and walk away. Mm. That's how overwhelmed they are with how their yeah, home Yeah, they just looks. want to start again. Yeah, they just want to start afresh. And the home edit way of organising is a little bit like that. But at the same time, a lot of psychologists will tell you to be able to actually move on, you have to go through the processing part. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the hard work. All right. Oh, we're totally going to get into the tips and everything from the show and keep talking all things home edit in just a moment. But first, let's have a break. And listen to a clutter confession. Clutter confessions. <laughs> hey guys, um, my clutter confession has to do with candles. For the past three to four years, and about four moves to new places, I have been carrying around these old empty wine bottles that have sentimental value. I have been planning on kind of cutting the tops off and turning them into jars for candles or whatever else. But a few do-it-yourself attempts to do this failed miserably. I need to seek out some professional help to help me do that, but have been putting it off for quite some time. Around the same time I had this idea, I got really frustrated buying $15 to $20 candles because I was like, I know how to make candles, I'll just do it myself. So I bought like a 10-pound bag of soy wax, some wooden wicks, and some essential oils to add scents to the candles. I made a few attempts and it actually worked pretty well for a while, but then I kind of put it in a bin and forgot about it and haven't made a new candle for a year or two. Another candle-related clutter problem is I have a ton of old candles that I made as a child at summer camp and they have been sitting in a box because they are too ugly to put out and use as decor, but also too special for me to actually burn them like I do with other candles. So one day, hopefully I'll do something with them. There were so many layers to candles for her. There's so many reasons that she keeps them. Yeah. So let's unpack them one by one because I got given for Christmas, I think it was last year, a wine bottle candle and Dead said it was the best smell I've ever smelt. But I have found a local candle maker who does refills. So I have this amazing pineapple container that is part of my decor that I bought with the intention of filling it with a candle. And I just, it took me 12 or 18 months to find someone who could actually fill the candle for me. But what I do is I just get a soy candle refill done. And then when it's out, I go and get it done again. And so that's like my one main candle. And and that's because I loved that smell of that wine bottle candle so much. So I think 
when she's saying it's had a failed attempt, like for me the DIY side of things with cutting a wine bottle is the safety issue of there being glass and shards and all that sure. sort of stuff. So um, maybe those wine bottles need to be repurposed for something other than candles and something that I've been doing with bottles is actually growing indoor hanging type plants in them. So philodendrons. Oh, right. And I mean that's that's a huge pastime for people at the moment too is yeah. growing indoor plants. Indoor plants are Especially so good. Especially if you're like – under restrictions and you have to be yes. inside. Yes, and you know what? I'm not a, I'm not a super great gardener but I've like learned over the last couple of years. But the great thing about like the philodendrons is you literally just snap a bit off, you stick it in the water and then the roots grow in the bottle and they can just live in this bottle of water for years and years and years and they just grow these amazing roots and you just top the water up every once in a while. So It this, sounds foolproof. It is. I mean, if I can do it, anyone can. <laughs> Well, the other thing I was going to mention about candles is, you know, she was talking about how there's the memory attachment, there's the sentimental value because she has a, a whole range of candles that she mm. doesn't want to burn because she's got attachment to them from making them at, you know, su- you know, summer camp or as a child. Did you ever feel this way? You used to be a massive yeah. candle collector. Well, I can totally relate to that because I had so many beautiful candles that I was saving to burn for the right occasion. Yeah. And I ended up, sadly, I held onto these candles for like nearly 10 years and some of them, because they were cheaper, but they were really fancy and pretty, yes. were just gross. Mm. Like they'd like gone weird and rank and I ended up you know downsizing my candles and then downsizing my candles and I benefited from that downsizing (laughs) when you moved overseas so thank you oh you're welcome (laughs) anytime and before you know it I I had only a few candles left and a bunch of them that were ended up just being wasted Mm. so I think if you are feeling attached to your candles like I would say yeah be intentional put some in your memory box so that you look at them and can think fondly and then celebrate them think of a special occasion where you bring them out and maybe take that as an opportunity to share why that candle is special to you when you are entertaining and having people over and I don't think that's too woo woo or you know I think it can be like a really beautiful thing to be like you know I I made this when I was seven and like they're it's they're really special to me and tonight's really special and and I'm so happy to share it with you guys and so I wanted to burn these candles and like it could be something simple that people go oh well you know thanks for thinking of us tonight yeah But you know what, the other thing that I think is really important to remember is when we keep stuff that's for a special occasion, we don't enjoy it on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Like we we save like grandma's china for Christmas or whatever, but we, we don't actually get to use it every day. And the people who have made that conscious switch and said, oh, I'm actually using like the silverware or the china or the special this, that or the other every day, they're telling me that I actually take this stuff out and I get a little buzz and a little hit of joy every time Mm. I'm using it rather than seeing it in the cupboard and thinking, oh, I'll use that one day for a special occasion. And I think that that's the same thing here with the candles. When you have a bath, when you have a shower, when you have a night where you just want to sit and relax and have a glass of wine, read a book, chuck a couple of candles on. Like you will appreciate seeing them. Because if you leave it too long, then the only association you have with those candles is becomes negative because it's like, oh, I'm still keeping those candles. Why am I keeping those candles? I shouldn't be holding on to those candles. So I think what you're saying, Bonnie, is our ultimate message is treat yourself. Absolutely. If you have a clutter confession or just something weird, wacky, wonderful that you 
basically have held on to and tell us everyone would love to hear it so all you need to do is head to our facebook page little home organized podcast and send it as an audio file and also if you're super game we keep everything anonymous feel free to send us a picture of the item as well if you think it's something cool that other people might be interested in and we can post it anonymously on our facebook page as well Okay, so let's talk briefly about what we do as organisers at Little Miss Organised compared to the home edit style because I know that this is a question that's going to come up a lot in the coming months of do you do it like they do it. Yeah. Um, did, you have, did you find that a lot with Marie Kondo? Um, I don't feel like it's a, um, Marie Kondo has been as quickly saturated into social media the way the home edit has that. I think because her books had already come out before her show, there was a lot of like talk about her methods way before her show came out. Right. So there was a lot of discussion. Usually when I did workshops and things like that, um, there's a lot of discussion about her methods and things like that. And and once again, a lot of her methods are very different to what we would use. But the best thing about the Marie Kondo show and the Home Edit show and the Hoarders show is that it brings awareness to the organising industry Mm. and it showcases that if you're in a position where you're feeling stuck and you're feeling overwhelmed, that there are professionals out there who can help you. Absolutely. So what do you do at Little Miss Organised that would be different to the Home Edit? Our focus is not so much on the pretty, we're we're really focused on function. So we need things to function for people primarily. If we can get it to be pretty at the same time, then that's awesome. But we're not going to push people into investing into like containers that they can't afford. Mm -hmm. Um, We try and get people to shop around their house first for containers that they use, things like that. So we do love a good pretty pantry and you'll see with a lot of our before and afters on like the Facebook page that, you know, a lot of them achieve that status anyway. Or oh, was that the couch? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to sound a bit dodgy in the yeah. recordings. <laughs> Sorry about that. My couch is squeaky. I've just got to sit still now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I'm off track. I oh, know you've been eating too many beans. <laughs> I don't like beans. Beans are gross. Beans, beans, good for that. Oh, let's cut it there. (laughs) Anywho, um, yes, so we really focus on functionality and practicality. I'm a very practical person. I love a good present that's practical rather than just being, you know, a toy or something like that. Whereas my husband's the complete opposite. He just wants fun things for birthdays and Christmases. Um, The things that we do that are the same as the home edit is we will have that brief at the beginning, the goal setting, the what do you want to achieve out of this space, what's working, what's not working, um, that kind of thing's really important because you need to kind of set the goals and the parameters before you get started. One thing I love about what they do is at the end of the episode, they do that um, pan over of say the wardrobe and they highlight what each of the zones are. Yeah. I love that. Um and I wish I could do it that easily. Because their wardrobes prettily. are enormous. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, they're huge. Can you imagine having to clean all that? Anyway, um, yeah, the whole zoning and the categorizing thing and the categories, that's that's very much what we do is like, okay, this is the zone for all your pants to go, this is the zone for your gym gear, all that sort of stuff. So that's like that's very much the same. Probably another thing that we do that's quite different is we don't usually have a big team of people with a handyman and a cabinet maker and, uh, you know, a whole staff of people. It's usually either one-on-one or, um, you know, maybe two organisers to a client or to a family. So that's probably the other thing that's a little bit different, yeah, as well. So, yes, it is a show and when you're being realistic, you're not 
likely to encounter the professional organiser who comes in with the team that's going to have all those extra people and that's going to get your job done in like four hours. That's the other thing. It seems to be rapid transformations and I feel like they do take a little bit more time to actually complete. Yeah, they really do. And I remember when I've very uh, early on in my organising career, someone rang me up and said, oh, I need my kitchen organised. Can I just book you in for an hour? And I didn't laugh at the time, but when I got (laughs) off the phone, I did. (laughs) Because I was like thinking um, nobody's got a kitchen that can be organised in an hour. Like it's just. No, not even in a caravan maybe. No, no, (laughs) it's just not really possible. So that's the thing that people really need to be mindful of when, if they're starting to hire organisers now because of the home edit show, is you need to be realistic about your expectations about how long it'll take. So before we jump into the top tips, I think there are some other considerations that we do need to like highlight about the show. And like we've, we've talked about this whole idea of form meeting function that, you know, Clea and Joanna talk about how it should be aesthetically beautiful, but also functional, but the show definitely in that style of organizing definitely leans heavily on how it looks. Yes. They're very much about the aesthetics, which is fine, but you have to make sure that it's actually functional and practical as well. So it, it needs to be that um, realistic for your me- home meeting of the two. Yeah. And within your um, budget as well. So I think the biggest consideration to keep in mind with pretty organizing is like how practical it is for you and your home. So they talk about in the show about their style being form meets function, but it definitely is more heavy on the form. It's more heavy on the aesthetic, how pretty and beautiful it is while their style is still functional. That's I don't think it's a 50-50 balance and I think that's something important to keep in mind when you are organising your own home is that you are going to probably find it needs to be more functional. And I think that might put some people off that whole Pinterest perfect pantry side of things because they might think, oh, well, if my home doesn't look as beautiful as that after I've organised it, maybe I have actually failed and I haven't been successful Mm. at organising. And that's not the case. Anybody can organise their home and it doesn't matter whether it looks the home edit style or whether it looks completely different. As long as it functions well for you, you've organised it. Well done. Absolutely. Just get in there. And get her done. That's right. Progress, not perfection. I mean, we say it every week and we really like, we mean it. Like you can aim to have that amazing people stop from all around the country, beautiful garden that gets featured on Better Homes and Gardens. You can strive for that. But also like for all the 99 other percent of people out there who are trying to do the everyday garden, it'll still be beautiful. It'll still be, you know, pleasing. And so we can apply that to our homes as well um, when we get organised. Now. Let's talk about top tips from the show. Yes, and we really had to cull these down because you had a lot to go through. I mean, we're clearly at the, like, towards the end of the episode and I have so much more to say, but we're just going to yeah. have to like get these bad boys out because they are stick worth repeating. Stick with us, people. I know it's <laughs> long today, but just stick with us. Number one, they talk about touch access. And mm. I love the you know the verbiage of this. I love how, um, how it conveys the simple idea of flow. So like if you're sitting at a desk and you regularly need to staple things, use a pen, use a ruler, they should be within a close proximity to where you're sitting. You put the important things in the touch access area and it's also where we use that whole prime real estate analogy, right? Mm, Yes. So we we talk about it as prime real estate at LMO. Um, But I like how I think it's clear like uh, champagne is my touch access. I need to have touch access to that. And I was like, yes, chocolate, baby. Oh, so good for you. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> the other one I like is where they talk about 
clear containers because otherwise you can get the whole container graveyard thing yeah, happening. Yeah, situation. Where you can't see what's in a basket and so you, so you can't, might not use yeah, it. Yeah, you can't really see the system and so the system falls apart. I think that's worse if you've got a basket up higher, like above kind of your shoulder height. It's it's harder to get down and see it. But if a basket's down lower, it's like a pseudo drawer and you can pull it out, see what's in it and then put it back. So that's probably the only thing I would think about. But I do love all the clear stackable acrylic containers. I think they're just Yeah, if you're really visual cool. like that and you need to be able to see into things and like that's how you're going to keep your system up up to date, that's a that's a good way to go about it. Another thing is that they talk about the idea of backstock and you guys at LMO, you call it spares, right? Yeah, yep. So spares. basically it's just like the overflow. So imagine you've gone to Costco or, you know, Audi or whatever your shopping center is and they've got a special on and you want to buy a bunch of paper towel or a bunch of things. Toilet and you, paper? A bunch of toilet paper. (laughs) Don't do it. Leave some for everybody. Yeah. So like if you want to go get a bunch of stuff that's on special, you're not going to put all of that in your main pantry area where you're trying to grab your everyday spices and things like that because you're not going to have enough room. So the idea of backstock is it's a a space where you like store all that stuff and that it still needs to be organized because you still need Mm. to have zones and boundaries. Otherwise, you're going to end up with overfilling things. But the idea of backstock, I just like the terminology. It's like, cool. I can go out and buy things on sale and I can still keep that stuff organised and have a space yeah. for it. It's a real retail term, the backstock one. It's a great term, but the thing to think about is what's the boundary of how much backstock you can have? Because I had a client years ago who had an understairs cupboard full of backstock. You know, whenever cereal was on a half price, she would just buy a few more. And by the time I helped her organise it, it had all expired. It was like yeah. thousands of dollars of backstock. So have boundaries around yeah. it. Absolutely. Another thing that they um, showed on the show, which I really loved the concept of is, you know, when you're using baskets in cubbies, like it's great to use those for those bigger, bulkier items and toys. And then you can focus on using like smaller containers and drawers for like the smaller toys. And so it's like a really nice visual way of setting things up. So things that are like awkward can kind of be hidden. Like we were talking about earlier, kind of hiding items Yeah. Yeah. And And I think another thing on the whole form side of things is bigger baskets down the bottom slowly being tiered up to smaller baskets up higher is a very pleasing look to have smaller stuff up the top in baskets and then the real big bulky stuff down the bottom. I think it looks really nice. But Mm. the one I really like in the pantry is the idea of the dinner bin. Yes. Yeah. So we, we would talk about it being like your meal category or your meal section or something like that. But a dinner bin is like quite an easy term to remember. Well, and this is this idea of categorizing, right? So you like go in and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to create a pasta section in my pantry because we eat a lot of pasta every Mm. week and I'm going to have my cans here and I'm going to have this here. And it can get like, you know, you're trying to organize your home to work for you. You don't want to go to the shops, come home and be like, oh, I need to like have a section here that's just for quinoa and I need to have a section here that's just for lentils and I need to have a, you know, you want to be able to come home from the shops, have the system work for you and be like, oh, sweet, these are dinner foods, bam, they go in there or meal foods or whatever it is. If you have to put in too much extra thought and too many extra steps, you're not going to do it. You're not going to follow it or it's going to become really overwhelming and take up too much time. And we're all about reclaiming time here at the Little Home Organised podcast. Yes, we are. Now, the last tip that they talk about, which I love, um, is the whole idea of clearing up the floor space. And we've talked about this one for a long time ourselves at LMO. But um, 
vertical spaces are for storage and horizontal spaces are for activity. And it's key, isn't it? Because when you start storing things all over your dining table, well, it makes it hard to eat dinner there, doesn't it? And that's why you end up eating it on the couch every night. So get some vertical storage happening so that your horizontal spaces are free for activities. And unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. But we have absolutely loved talking with you guys about the home edit feel free to DM me, PM me, and we can talk all things about it. But we're definitely going to have the conversation flowing over in the group, um, All Things Home Edit, this week. Yes, we have a great debate happening about it. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble! Form versus function. Which is more important to you? Is it the pretty factor or is it the practical factor? And before we wrap up today's episode, there's one more consideration to make if you are thinking you want to engage with a professional organiser in your home. And that is make sure that you get an organiser who is a member of their local industry body. So here in Australia, and it is overseas, we have the Institute of Professional Organisers, and you can just go to their Find an Organiser directory and find an organiser who is listed there. In the States, they have NAPO. There's associations in pretty much every country nowadays. Otherwise, IOPO is a fantastic one to be a member of. But it just means that they have a code of ethics that they operate by, Mm. um, and you can trust them a lot more than just some someone who's decided, oh, I'm going to be an organiser. Yeah. And like the great thing that you can do then is once they've got that tick, ring them up, have a chat, find out about their methods and see if their methods are going to work for you. Are they going to be a doer or are they going to be a teacher? That's right. Go the teachers. Oh, and one more thing, guys. If you haven't already checked it out, head to littlehomeorganised.com.au forward slash the essentials guide and you can see what we are so excited to share with you, that new online course that will help you get organised in your home. And last but not least, this week's tidy task. So nice and simple. We would like you to pick a space in your home and home edit it. And that basically just means declutter it and share your before and after on our Facebook page, Little Home Organised Community. And that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We know how busy life can be and we really appreciate you lending us your ears. And remember, progress, progress not perfection. perfection. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Hey, we'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised community group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoyed the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.